and we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. It is season five, episode five, and we are back after a week off where I was ill. We're back doing the show. So again, thank you to everybody who was patient with us, uh, allowed me to recover. My voice still a little bit struggling, but I'm super, super, super excited to be back back on the mic with y'all. And of course, we're super excited to have Cody back. We've got a jam-packed show, but first, some exciting news we have a sponsor. The NAI Ball Podcast is officially brought to you by the good people at Off Speed Athletics. That's right, Off Speed Athletics. When it comes to building the brand, no one does it better than our friends at Off Speed Athletics. Off Speed Athletics can provide your program with high quality sublimated uniforms and apparel for your youth, high school, and collegiate team. That's right. Off-Speed Athletics can help you at every single level for all of your uniform needs. Y'all, do me a favor really quickly. Keep listening to the show, but stop what you're doing. And just give them a follow on Twitter and Instagram at OffSpeedATH. That's at O-F-F-S-P-E-D. ATH off speed ATH and just take a moment right now to visit their work check them out on their website give them a like give them a follow offspeedathletics.com that's offspeedathletics.com check them out today support the people who support this show who support us who support the podcast that's our friends over at offspeed athletics the official title sponsor of NAI Ball. So we have a huge show for you today. We're going to do shout outs and mentions. We're going to talk 10 to Lewiston number two, the second edition of our 10 to Lewiston rankings or my 10 to Lewiston rankings. Automatic qualifier predictions, the NAI Ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the month. First time we're doing that. Games and series that you need to watch, big series of the week, and then quick picks. That's right, a brand new segment. The three of us, even Connor, are going to pick six of the top series from around the nation. We're going to tell you who wins it. You'll get my picks, Cody's picks, and Connor's picks. All of that coming up right now in the NAI Ball podcast. But first, we need to introduce the foremost authority on NAI baseball. Mr. NAI Ball himself, Cody Butler. What's going on, baby? Rob G1063, brother, I am glad to be back. I'm glad you're feeling better. Uh, I'm ready to get into it. It's a good show this week. We got a couple of new features. I like it. Yeah, man, there's a lot to go over, quite a few new things. Uh, And, of course, all of it brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. Again, thank you to them for sponsoring the podcast. We are super excited about that. Cody, let's kick things off first. Today, when we are recording, Rob Manfred has announced Major League Baseball will not play the first two series of the season. Games officially being cut from the Major League Baseball season. I just want to get your quick thoughts on that. 
Not super unfortunate, man. I just wish that they were playing baseball. Uh, so many people live and breathe MLB baseball. It means the absolute world to them, including yourself. Like, I know how important it is to you. So it's just super unfortunate they could not get a deal done. Man, it, it really is. I'm I'm really disappointed. And, and you know, I, I think in the first show, or maybe it was the second, I had said millionaires versus billionaires, and, and a lot of that still remains. But at the same time, you have national media, you know, carrying the water for the owners, national media carrying the water for the players. It's it's back and forth. It's ownership setting up and saying, this is our last and final offer. You know, trying to make the Major League Players Association look bad, um, trying to place the blame on them. It, it's just such a such a ridiculous gambit. I'm not a fan of Rob Manfred. I think some of his ideas to quote unquote speed up the game, but not, you know, grow the game by reducing blackouts, things like that. I live in a Houston Astros market. I'm a diehard Houston Astros fan. Deal with it. Uh and it's it's just one of those things that I'm 350, 400 miles away from Houston. I can't watch the Astros. But I listen to over a hundred and I'm not even joking when I say this, a hundred and twenty games a year on the radio. Robert Ford and Steve Sparks, and I listen to them religiously. Um, you know, so this is what I do. This is what I love. I I, I grew up. I fell in love with baseball because of the Houston Astros, and it, it's really, really upsetting for me to have to say that that we don't, you know, get that full compliment. I want the Astros to play their foe rival, the the New York Yankees, who you know I'm I'm told is a rival, but has never beat Houston in the postseason, anything like that. Uh, you know, I want the Astros to to play a full compliment season because this is what we wait for. What are we going to do? We've got Cody. We've got this till May. And then we, you know, division one baseball will carry us a little bit longer, but like July and August waiting for NCAA football and the NFL to come back is going to be brutal. Absolutely. And all that means is just, we have to shine, bro. We're the biggest show in town. Now Uh, we're going to stay that way for a little while. It looks like, and uh, we're just hoping to deliver here on some NEI baseball content. 100% 100% agree, man. Let's go ahead and jump right into this stuff. Let's go ahead and take a look at shout outs and mentions a lot to go over this week. And let's kick it off with the biggest story, definitely, that we have been talking about, that we've been seeing, that we've had some tweets, you know, definitely uh, jump out at some people. But it's our friends up north. The University of British Columbia defeats Division One Sacramento State at their place on Tuesday. Sac State then turns around and sweeps number 24 Long Beach State on the road. UBC center fielder Brandon Huey posting three multi-hit games this week, including a double, three home runs, nine RBIs, and three big RBIs in that win over Sac State. Tell those kids at British Columbia that that game doesn't matter because it mattered to them. They went out there and proved it, and they got the job done. We are absolutely proud of the University of British Columbia and Coach Pritchett for getting that job done. Kansas Wesleyan center fielder Will Dryber is off to a ridiculous start this season. Top 10 nationally in home runs, total bases, stolen bases, currently hitting 397, six long balls, 19 RBIs, and 14 stolen bases. One of two players nationally with six home runs and 10 stolen bases. The other is Joe Johnson over at Vanguard. Antelope Valley starting pitcher Colby Ring, he threw a no-hitter with 11 strikeouts in the wind over Bethesda. 
Midland University starting pitcher Jay Lambert threw a no-hitter with seven strikeouts in the win over Dakota State. Bluefield took down Milligan 10-8 in an AAC midweek that featured two teams on nine-game win streaks. Remember that that's important for further down the road here when we're talking about these teams. Southwestern designated hitter Angel Velez smashed two doubles, four home runs, and 11 RBIs this week in a series split with Iowa Wesleyan. Mount Vernon Nazarene University starting pitcher Josh Pettit struck out a career-high 16 batters in a seven-inning complete game shutout over Cornerstone. Clark reliever Isaac Rode pitched six and two-thirds scoreless with 12 Ks in three appearances. He got two saves and a dub. Kaiser first baseman Priamo Lozada 12 for 19, seven RBIs this week in a, with a midweek game against St. Thomas in a weekend series against Ave Maria. Ottawa's Stephen Norell and Tyler Bryant combined for 13 innings pitch, four hits, no runs, 22 punch outs against Hastings. So far between the two this season, 31 innings pitch, 14 hits, three earned runs, and 43 strikeouts. LC State outfielder Sam Linscott homered three times and knocked in nine on Sunday in the doubleheader sweep over Eastern Oregon. Southwestern New Mexico had the ninth longest or the fifth longest win streak in the NAI with nine straight victories. They would fall today to Wayland Baptist, but still a very impressive streak there for Southwest out of Hobbs America. Corbin's Kyle Clay hit a walk-off home run in the bottom of the ninth to defeat College of Idaho in game number two. The Warriors swept the series in three games. And then, Cody, how about this one? Texas A&M Texarkana broke an NAI record that stood for 34 years uh, by scoring 40 RBIs against Texas College. The previous record was 38 RBIs in a single game for Grand Canyon versus Denver in 1988. So definitely uh, cool to see some records being broken. They would go on to score quite a few runs this week. Any thoughts on our shout-outs and mentions? Well, I think there's a lot of deserving kids this week. I'm glad we are able to get a lot of love everywhere. Uh, 100 runs in a three-game series. Have you seen that? In conference play since we've been doing this? I don't think so. That's, Definitely not since we've been doing this. That's that's a new one. Can we talk about that a little bit here? I I, I kind of just want to go in on, on Texas College and just kind of the outlook because what was unfair yesterday was Texarkana got some hate online. And I know, I know, it's Twitter. It's, it's a toxic place. And then on top of that, it's baseball Twitter, which, you know, I mean, if you ever want to start a world war, you don't need to invade another country. You have to just give your opinion on hitting. So it, it's one of those things where Texarkana got some hate on, online and really more than anything, they went out there and played baseball. Uh, Texas College, if you don't know, I've, I've had two different sources tell me. One source tells me, well, they have six kids from the baseball team on the baseball team. And that's all the baseball players they have. They have a total of 13 players. And then I've had another source tell me that their entire team is made up of football and soccer players. Um, they're coached by a football coach who I also heard today might also be coaching softball at Texas College. You know, it, it's just a mess. And and I get it. You know, the one thing that that a coach who played them told me, those kids are trying. And I'm I'm happy that they are. I, I'm really glad that they are trying. And they're taking it seriously. And they're doing the best they can. But... 
at the same time, I, I think it's really a shame that Texas College felt that this was the product that they wanted to put on the field. Nothing against anybody that's that's there, but there are kids literally begging for opportunities, coaches literally begging for opportunities. And you've got the defensive backs coach at, on the Texas College football team coaching the, the, the team. Texarkana went out and played baseball, and I know they were running into outs purposely today. You could tell. There was one inning where they had scored three or four runs, and then it was, uh, you know, player X is picked off. Player X is picked off. Player X is picked off. It does Texarkana no good when they're getting up there and, and walking 19 times. They're not seeing any pitching that's that's viable for their hitters. They took totally different pitchers today than they did for the first two games. It's really just such a confusing situation there at, at Texas College. I'm not really sure what to make of it, Cody, but 100 runs. Can you imagine, and and I think, you know, Coach Jones and, and several of the coaches in, in the RRAC would, would agree with me that says Shreveport is right now probably the pack leader in the conference. Can you imagine what Shreveport might do to that and what it's like as a kid who was not brought in to play college baseball to step into the box and see 88 to 90. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely insane. I believe that was the question I posed to you last night. I was a fan of happy making Anthony making. I thought he was doing a really good job there. I mean, you look just a couple of years ago, they won 25 games back to back seasons. So this is a team that, you know, we've seen teams that just for years and years and years that are out of the gate and just not going to compete at the NAI level. But Texas college was competitive. I mean, this was a couple of years ago. This is a competitive ball team. I mean, they won 25 games back-to-back seasons, and they lost now 19 to nothing or more, what, six or seven times every game they played, basically? Uh, yeah. They, got the first they, they game forfeited their first weekend. Yeah, their first weekend yeah. series they forfeited. Lost 32 to nothing to Our Lady of the Lake. First, I mean, it's just like, come on, dude. Like, what are we doing? Like, what is going on? And for the hate that Texarkana was getting online is ridiculous. What are you supposed to do when you're walked? I mean, this is – I mean, it's like – what do you tell you? Eighteen hey, people. They walked eighteen batters last night. Swing, swing at the ball out of the zone and develop bad habits, man. Be, what if? Here's the whole point. What does it do for Texarkana? It does nothing for them. They didn't get any better. You think? You think that any of their coaches enjoyed that this weekend? You think they wanted to go out there to the field and, and play an uncompetitive game? Nobody. I and I mean, we can complain about scheduling. All we want. That's a conference game. They have to play them. They have to play them. And then for somebody on Twitter to say, well, I hope you get yours. It's like, what are we doing at, at that point? You know, they're, they're, that's the product that TC chose to roll out there. Texarkana is playing baseball. And this is what happens. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate, man. I mean, I don't know what Texas College is going to do the rest of the season, if they'll finish out the rest of the season. Like you said, I mean, they've already forfeited a conference game once, so wish them the best of luck. I hope they get it together. Like I said, I don't think either one of us is faulting the kids. This has nothing to do with 18, 22-year-olds. Zero. I mean, yeah, it has nothing to do with the kids on the field. Obviously, you know, this is a college. This isn't like a Little League rec team. Take it seriously. Like you said, I mean, this is a college baseball team. Let's take it a little bit more seriously. It it falls back on the AD. It falls back on the president. It falls back on the board of trustees, um, and and not on the on the kids. It that's that's the people it falls back on, that they were not prepared to put a team together and then chose to play. 
Cody, man, if you're ready, let's do 10 to Lewiston right now. Are you ready for the second edition of my power rankings? The 10 teams that I think right now, if the season ended right now, would be the most competitive to win a national title in Harris Field. Talk to me, baby. 10 to Lewiston. Let's go. Let's hear them. Let's start it off with number 10. It's Westmont. Yeah, Westmont making a huge jump. They are unranked right now. But but next week, top 25 comes out. Westmont's 18 and 2 currently. They have a 301 team average, a 256 team ERA. They've scored 142 runs and allowed 57. 82 extra base hits. They've struck out 165 as a staff. They're actually 2-1 against the top 25. They're 16-2 at home, 2-0 on the road. Westmont, welcome in. They are number 10. So what does that mean? Who's out? USAO is out at 8-4. USAO, I think Cody was the closest team uh, to getting, you know, was the closest team at 10 on who do I put in? Who do I take out? Uh, the other teams that were up there for consideration since we're here at the bottom of the pole, you know, uh, Weber international was under heavy consideration. Hope international Cumberland's and Oklahoma Wesleyan were the other, you know, four or five teams along with USAO that I would say were heavily considered to jump into the pole. It's just not yet according to myself. So Westmont is number 10. We move on to number nine. Number nine is Vanguard. We stay out on the West Coast. Vanguard is 19 and three. They have a team average of 354. Team ERA of 411. They've scored 236 runs this year. They've allowed 96. 80 extra base hits. Their staff has struck out 163. They're 0-1 against the top 25, actually, but they're 9-2 and at home. Eight and one. That's important. These matter to me. Eight and one on the road, two and oh in neutral site games. Number eight, jumping back from number three last week is St. Thomas. St. Thomas is 11 and three. They did not have a great weekend against Ave Maria. And actually, Cody, when they're going to have to restart a game where they're losing late in the game to Ave Maria where they could drop that conference series. They dropped a game to Kaiser, but then they came out. Thomas played them. They got the job done against Thomas. St. Thomas is currently batting 275. They have a team ERA of 374. They scored 102 runs to 56 allowed, 44 extra base hits, 163 staff punch outs, 3-1 against the top 25, 4-3 at home, but 4-0 on the road, and 3-0 in neutral site locations. Central Methodist sticks at seven. They're 12 and two with a 301 team average and a 291 team ERA. 113 is how many runs they've scored compared to the 41 they've allowed. 36 extra base hits and 122 staff punch outs. 0 and 1, though, against the top 25. They have yet to play a home game. They are 4 and 0 on the road, 8 and 2 in neutral site matchups. I have not reflected. Oklahoma City's numbers today, but they are 14 and 1 and they are number 6. Oklahoma City will move up several spots. They're 13 and 1, 14 and 1, excuse me. Coming into today, they had a 328 team average with a 351 team ERA, 107 runs scored before today, 47 runs allowed. They had 69 extra base hits. That number has gone up and 115 strikeouts. They were 5 and 1 and they still are 5 and 1 against the top 25. 11 and 1 at home. They are now 3 and 0 on the road with no neutral site games played yet. 
LSU Shreveport at number five. They're 14 and two. They have a team average of 300 on the dot. Team ERA of 319, 122 runs scored to 50 runs allowed. 40 extra base hits, 170 punch outs for their staff. They're 3-0 against the top 25, 7-1 at home, 3-1 on the road, 4-0 in neutral site matchups. Georgia Gwinnett is 13-2. They are the number four team in the 10 to Lewiston ranking. They have a 347 team ERA with a 303, or excuse me, a 347 team average with a 303 team ERA, 126 runs scored, 70 run, runs allowed. They were winning today against Talladega. I do believe they got that job done as well. So we'll just call them 14 and 2. 50 extra base hits entering the day with 145 punch outs. 0 and 1, though, only one game played against the top 25. They're 0 and 1 in that matchup. 14 and 2 at home. They have yet to go on the road. They have yet to play a neutral side game. Number three is Lewis Clark State, 19 and 1. The Warriors are hitting 336 with a 271 team ERA. 203 runs scored to 55 allowed. 88 extra base hits, 186 punch outs, 4 and 0 against the top 25. 13 and 0 at Harris Field, 6 and 1 on the road. Folks, though, the big thing to note with them, losses will count more because they will not see another top 25 team or even if we were doing a net ranking like they do in NCAA basketball, they will not see a a, a team really in quadrant one or two for the rest of the season. (laughs) Or three. Or three, there you go. So it's the cascade. We're not going to beat around the bush. The cascade on a national scope of things is, is not a top 10 conference. Let's just put it that way. It's better than continental. Let's put it like that. It is better than continental. I will go in on the continental later. Thank you for reminding me, but it's, it's down there in in the bottom and LC's not going to see, I mean, honestly, what, what's to stop LC from rolling in to the national tournament at 48 and in one 48 and two, nothing, nothing. And that's the way it's going to be. Probably. They're going to be a, a single-digit loss team. It would not shock me if they had five or less losses. And uh, I, they're going to get a really high national seed and be really set up well um, because they're going to get a four-team tournament. Again, a postseason, I do not understand why we're doing some places five, some places four. makes no sense to me. But then again, a lot of things that we do make no sense to me, and we continue to do them. So LCSC is number three. Number two is Tennessee Wesleyan, 16 and one, unchanged at number two. 321 team average, 335 team ERA, 147 runs scored, 54 runs allowed, 62 extra base hits, 167 staff strikeouts, five and one against the top 25, six and zero at home, seven and zero on the road, three and one in neutral site matchups. In the number one team in the nation, once again, Cody, and technically, technically right now, 19 and 0 with a team average of 378 and a team ERA of 254. 195 runs scored entering today against 55, 82 extra base hits, 214 staff strikeouts, 5 and 0 against the top 25, 13 and 0 at home, 2 and 0 on the road, and 3 and 0 in neutral site. Southeastern University, Cody, I think you and I can agree is the number one team in the nation. I have to agree. I mean, they're undefeated. They lead the nation in hitting. 
They got the highest average. They got the best ERA of teams that have played more than like four or five games. I mean, they're getting it done on the mound. I think the biggest difference with this team than last year is how good they've been on the mound. I mean, Rob Adams now is up to 30 innings this year with one run. He's given up one run in 30 innings. Uh, he's been sensational. Gary Laura, we'll get into later, has been sensational. They looked apart. I mean, everything Tennessee Wesleyan did last year to us, jumping out 22-0, we were like, wow, this Tennessee Wesleyan team looks loaded. Uh, we get the same feel about the Southeastern team. So the Southeastern team looks like the real deal. I mean, they went into the Cajun collision and swept the event. I mean, that's the real deal. They're really, really good. There's no doubt in my mind that that – they're better than last year. Um, hitting has never been an issue there in Lakeland. Pitching, I think, has in the depth of pitching I, this year, I just think is far and beyond better. In a year where we are seeing teams that we expected to do really well struggle, Southeastern has been consistent. Tennessee Wesleyan has been consistent. You don't want to say it, but LC has been consistent because they go out and they start the season in California and they got the job done. Um, so there's a lot of room. We've seen some teams step up. We've seen some teams do really well. I, I need to give a shout out to Bluefield, 14-0. and 0. We're going to talk about them a little bit more later. Milligan, you know, I, I want to say that they're 15-5 and five right now. You, there's teams all across the nation that are stepping up and doing better, and it's really good to see some of these teams that we have not talked a ton about in the past really get some national attention because like we said in the very first show if you win we will talk about you you want to impress us schedule hard schedule well and win i mean cody yesterday on the phone we spent what 15 minutes talking about fisher yeah just how well they've scheduled shout out to fisher college up in boston so i don't want to hear some of these teams making excuses but fisher Scheduling really hard, playing Point Park, playing Gwinnett, playing Lion, playing Free Harder. I mean, they, they've done their part, man. I mean, they've scheduled really hard this year. So I'm really impressed with Fisher. And I'm, I'm not impressed with some of these teams in the top 10 scheduling not good at all this year. Like some of these teams in the top 10, their schedules are terrible. Like, just not really impressed at all with that. So, Yeah, scheduling. It, I, I feel like, Cody, we, we got through the first couple of tournaments, and it was like, wow, look at these round-robin tournament-type things that we're playing. And it's like, all right, well, here's a three-game series against, you know, team who's 3-16. and 16. It, it's, it's just we want to see more. Conference, thankfully, gives us an opportunity to start seeing a little bit more from, from some of these teams, especially out on the West Coast, um, you know, and and – I'm I'm excited to see it. I mean, at some point we're going to get Vanguard and Westmont, and that's going to be fabulous. Really, really excited about that one. But conference qualifier predictions, Cody. Automatic conference qualifier predictions. Right now, on three one, when we are recording this, we are going to give the people at home our way too early automatic qualifier predictions. Now, when we get halfway through. Maybe the end of the month. We get halfway through conference, something like that. You know, we can do this again. But right now, way too early conference qualifier predictions. Let's kick things off with the AMC. Cody, do you want to start? Or do you want me to start? Let's go you. Lion. I'm going to take Lion. I think Lion has been super impressive. They swept Loyola. They've won some big games. They've dropped, you know, games to teams who are – 
you know, I would consider pretty, pretty decently, but lion right now, 10 and five, they've got a big one tonight. I I, I want to say, I believe tonight they are actually going to play Freed Hardeman in Arkansas. I, I think Lion right now is the best team in the AMC. Entering the season, I believed it was Missouri Baptist, but right now I think it's Lion. Yeah, I agree with you. Lion's playing really well. I'm going with the Missouri Baptist, but uh, I think I'm just going to stick with what I believe going into the season. We were really high on this team. I'm not ready to fold on them just yet. Uh, Matthew has starter 169 ERA in two starts. Mason Palmier 3.11 ADRA in three starts. Uh, they've relied on their pitching. They're going to be athletic. They need to hit better. I mean, quite frankly, they're not hitting right now. But if they start hitting, they start scoring some runs. Their pitching's been there. I'm going to stick with Missouri Baptist. I think they're going to be the best team at the end of the day. Moving on to the Appalachian Athletic. This one is tough, Cody, because the automatic qualifiers are given to the winners of pods. So you have to really think about who's set up for tournament play, who's got tournament play experience. I've been super impressed this year with the Appalachian Athletic Conference. I've been super impressed with the rise of, of some of the teams in that conference. But who is set up for tournament play? And really, it comes down to, I think it's going to be Tennessee Wesleyan and Reinhardt. I think Tennessee Wesleyan, with just the amount of pitching and hitting that they have, blindfolded, both hands tied behind their back, that's the team that I would pick You know, to, to do this, whether it was August or today. Uh, and the other one I'm going to go with is Reinhardt. I, I think Reinhardt's got experience. They've had some really disappointing results this year. I, I want to say they only have two wins over teams with 500 records. Uh, and that Spring Arbor, I think, is is two of their more recent wins. That is that team that's three and two or entering the day three and two. So, but I think Reinhardt, just because of their experience in tournament play uh, and making the postseason, is is going to be well set up for that. I, I'd kind of gone back and forth. I think Milligan has a legitimate ace in Beal. I think Bluefield is having their best season in school history, and they are riding high, and that confidence can take you a long way. But at the end of the day, when it comes to tournament play, is how you're going to get teams into the tournament. I think it's the teams with the most tournament experience, and that's Tennessee Wesleyan, that's Reinhardt, the dark horse third team that would have that best uh, next best opportunity is going to be Brian. Okay. So I'm obviously going Tennessee Wesleyan. Uh, they look outstanding. They're obviously to me, the number two team in the country as well. Uh, Le'Bon Reynoso, the third baseman. We haven't talked about him on the show. I don't think four Oh six average has already eight home runs at second nationally. He's got 23 RBIs. He's been a dude. They use him out of the bullpen too. He came in and shut the door against Gwinnett. Uh, he's a really good player. Really impressed with Le'Bon Reynoso. I remember the name. Uh, Kobe Foster, 104 ERA, 26 innings. He's been outstanding. Uh, really comfortable with Tennessee Wesleyan. Where it gets messy is the second spot, like you said. Milligan playing extremely well right now. Bluefield, 13-0. I'm also going to go Reinhardt. I just think they're the most talented team outside of the rest. I think Brian's really talented, too. I'm going to go Reinhardt. I really like their ace, Pablo Barquero. 4-0 in the year, 28 innings pitch, 2-2-5 ERA. Pitched really well against Southeastern, I thought. Uh, I think he's a good pitcher. I think... They have some really good talent. Tucker's on it. Already has four home runs, 15 RBIs. I got, I'm going to go Reinhardt. I'm not confident in it, to be honest with you. I mean, they just dropped the series to point. And I think that really speaks to how good their conference is. I think that's a really good conference. I think there's a lot of really good teams. I mean, even if you look at St. Andrews, North Carolina, they're playing well this year, too. I think the conference as a whole is really good. And when you get tournament baseball, you have no clue who's going to win that other pod. Like, we feel good about Tennessee Wesleyan, but 
I'm going to go Reinhardt. I just think they're the second most talented team in the league. Yeah, I I, I think Tennessee Wesleyan, I, I can feel 100% confident about. Um, and I say that, but, you know, they're going to be in the tournament, I think, no matter what. They're 16-1. and one. It's that second spot where I'm just like, I have no freaking clue. Cody, moving on to the Cal Pack right now. And in the Cal Pack, I took Antelope Valley, who's 10-4, and four, entering today, and Ben Umesa. I just think that those are the two teams that are, uh, again, tournament baseball experience, the two best opportunities to go through a longer season and be consistent. And I think Antelope Valley is, is you know, uh, going to be the most consistent team in the Cal Pack this year. Yeah, I like them both. I mean, this has been the top two teams in the league for several years now. And until something different happens, I'm not going to change it. I like Antelope Valley and Ben Mesa. I know Valley's been hitting really well this year. Uh, Andrew Garcia has been a duty one our pitcher of the week. He threw a nine inning shutout against the Masters. is a really good team. Uh, Noah Blythe's hitting 441. When it comes to Ben Mesa right now, they're not pitching well. I mean, they got a 7.3 ERA as a team. They're hitting 290. They're doing all right. Orlando Lordy's been really good for them. Matt Dinkle on the mound as a starter has been good for Ben Mesa. He has a 280 ERA in 19 innings. But man, other than that, they're not pitching well. But I, I like them to get it on track. Conference play is going to start. Uh, they play all these early games and you know, they're getting the kinks out, so I'm still not going to ride off Ben Mesa just yet. I think that they have a chance to get it right, so I'm going to go with Antelope Valley and Ben Mesa. On to the Cascade, and before you tell me there's not enough teams to get two bids in this league, well, while the World Series auto bid is dead, there's still an auto bid. LCSC automatically into the national tournament, which allows them as we've said, to, you know, open the season in California, play five tough games, and then play Eastern Central State College of, you know, Canada, Oregon, Oklahoma. Like, they, they don't play anybody. I couldn't name you the, the last three weeks in the D2, D3 teams that they've played, and then they will finish the year with the Cascade schedule. LCSC is in. They take up a tournament spot. Oregon Tech. That's my second team. I really like Jacob Garces. Corbin, uh, I think, is is another team that I'm going to watch. British Columbia this year, it's like polar opposites. They can swing the bats a little bit, a lot better than in past years, but the pitching is not there. But I think Jacob Garces is going to get Oregon Tech on the right track. I, I actually think they their record should be a little bit better than 11-7. and seven. Uh, So I'm going to take Oregon Tech for that cascade spot alongside LCSC. Give me the Corbin Warriors. Coach Derek Legg is stepping down at the end of this season. They're going to do it for him. And they've been pitching really well, man. 2.31 team ERA. Zach Simon, he was so good last year. Didn't get talked enough about because he played for Corbin. But 24 innings this year, 0.75 ERA, giving up less than a run a game, 31 punch outs. Mason Shaw's been really good, 22 innings with a 2.38 ERA. Uh, I like Corbin. I think it's going to be a battle. Corbin, Oregon Tech, British Columbia for that second spot. And I'm going to go with Corbin. I think pitching gets it done. I think they're going to do it for Coach Lyle. Cody, CCHC, the Cougs are hot. St. Xavier, 14-2. and two. I'm definitely taking SXU as one of the teams out of the CCAC. And then right now, St. Ambrose, 8-0. Give me St. Ambrose as that second team. Uh, there's also quite a few ways that, that this one could go because I know all of it Nazarene was a team that you were high on at the start of the year. 
Yeah, Olivet Nazarene is a team I was really high on. I mean, they won the conference last year, won the conference title in the tournament, too. Uh, they were the clear-cut best team in the CCAC. I still have them taking up one of my slots. I like San Xavier, who I came into the season high on. Uh, they're hitting 342 as a club. They're really hot right now. Jimmy Smith hitting 436. Evan Orzix, who's my pick to be the player of the year, hitting 469 with eight extra base hits. Uh, I like San Xavier, and I like Olivet Nazarene. Uh, they tested themselves out of conference, losing to Mid-American Nazarene. I mean, that's no slouch in that. I like seeing teams like that play out of conference. They went and played Taylor, another good team out of conference. I love when teams like that can schedule good out of conference. So tip my hat to Olivet Nazarene. And because they lose out of conference games, that doesn't mean I don't think you're any good anymore. I think they're going to get it done. Tyler Wheeler's hitting 382 with four home runs. Ethan Underwood's 18 in his pitch. He has a four ERA, but this is a guy that was pitcher of the year last year. Uh, they have a donkey in him. I just think Olivet Nazarene, I'm not riding the ship on them either. Cody, we're going to move on here to the Continental uh, which again, not a conference. They changed their name from the AII. Still not a conference. George Gwinnett and Fisher. Those are my two teams. And before I start in on this conference, I'm going to allow you to pick your two teams. Well, I'm going to go with George Gwinnett and Fisher because that's the only two teams I know for sure that'll be there. And that's the thing. Thank you. George Gwinnett will play a full schedule. Fisher will play as many games as they can. Iowa Wesleyan looks like they will play a full schedule. Florida National looks like they will play a full schedule. Here's the thing. Is we give this conference, quote, unquote, two bids, and some of these teams are not playing NAI schedules or full schedules. Bacon has scheduled Eastern Oregon many times, and I don't know if those games are being counted towards them, you know, in their, in their season. Uh, but they're on the schedule. I don't think they are, you know, because you can't play junior college teams, but, you know, I don't know how many actual games they're going to play. I don't know how many actual games Lincoln Christian, Morris, Voorhees, you know, Rust, how many games they're going to play. Penn State, Shulkill uh, plays two games against an NAI, uh, NAI opponents, and then the rest of the games are just other Penn State schools. So really, that's already five or six teams in there. Edward Waters, Edward Waters is on this list from the NAI website, and everything on their website says D two, every single thing. So that's already six or seven teams that aren't going to play full schedules or are playing outlaw schedules. How many teams are actually going to show up to Gwinnett to be in this tournament? And we're going to give away two bids in the Continental in a five team tournament. I, I mean, who was it last year, Cody? It was George Gwinnett, Fisher, and Xavier. So it's Fisher and Xavier. So pretty much every year, the last few years, it's just been, you know, whoever comes to Lawrenceville, let's fight for second. No one cares about the winner's bracket game. You care about the winner of the loser's bracket final. It's interesting, man. Like I said, you know, me, I obviously went to school at Gwinnett. So I've seen this tournament when it was really good. Back when Cal State San Marcos came in, Alexandria, when they were really good. Uh, there were some really good teams in it back in the day. But it has, man, it has fallen off. Uh, and then we lose Talladega, who was our clear-cut number two in the conference. Yeah, uh, Talladega couldn't compete last year, so Talladega wasn't even in the event last year. Um, they've moved on to the Southern States now, so now you don't have Talladega. Now, to me, it looks like it's a clear-cut Fisher. I mean, you're going to bring Crowley's Ridge in, possibly. I like Fisher. It, over it just doesn't deserve maybe. two bids. Any year, honestly, it's just like you said, it doesn't deserve two bids. I mean, come on. We have top 25 teams not making the tournament because they were left off the bubbles as too many teams are eating it up. And then you got Fisher and Xavier playing in a winner go on to next week. Yeah, it's really tough. And uh, I've never understood it because, like you said, it's a 10 team or more. We get it. But 
it's the same teams every single year, basically. And, yeah. and then they're losing teams. I mean, like I said, Everett Waters went D2. Talladega has gone to Join a conference. Yes, join a conference. We we are encouraging everybody to join a conference. And we've seen teams, I mean, do that. Like Texarkana was in it one year. They're in the Red River now. Uh, that's what most teams do. That's what you're supposed to do. We'll leave it at that. The crossroads, Cody, I had a last-second change in this one. I am sticking with Taylor and Indiana Wesleyan. Those are my two teams. Those are the two teams also at the beginning of the season that I thought would be the two teams representing this conference. Yes, sir. No changes on my end either. I got Indiana Wesleyan winning the conference, not backing off of them at all. Uh, 278 batting average as a team. They're not pitching well right now, but they will. Uh, Lucas Gooden's hitting 528. Denver Bland's hitting 371 with three home runs. I uh, really like their offense. They will pitch better than a 6-4-9 team ERA. That's going to come down. Not worried about them at all. Taylor, not worried about them. They're hitting really well this year. 291 team average. Uh, TJ Bass is crushing it. 356 with five home runs. 26 RBIs. He's really been really good for them. A uh, really good catcher for Taylor. Noah Huseman's been pitching it really well. 2-0 ERA with 22 innings. Doing exactly what we thought he would do to start the year. They have a 5 ERA, but that's going to come down too. Once they start getting in conference play, the more they play, there's more repetition. I'm not worried about those two teams pitching either. Uh, I think they're the best two teams in the conference. In the GSAC, Cody, I called Vanguard the best team on the West Coast at the beginning of the year. I'm going to stick with that. They're 19-3 and three in my 10 to Lewiston. I've got them at number nine. I, be, I, I really think that they've got a lot of room uh, to improve that GSAC though is such a dog eat dog conference. We never know. It would not surprise me if Arizona Christian who, you know, at the beginning of the year was playing really good baseball beat LC state LC state's only loss and they should have beat them twice, but it wouldn't surprise me if, if Arizona Christian wins that conference or Westmont or the masters, you know, uh, there, there's like four or five teams every single year that can win that one bid. Again, we're taking a, a bid away from the two of the better conferences in the nation, the GSAC and the Sun Conference, and giving an extra one to the independent conference in the Continental. But Vanguard would be my selection for the GSAC. Yeah, I'm going to take Vanguard too this early. I mean, they won the conference last year. They're scoring over 10 runs a game. Offensively, they've been ridiculous. I mean, they're hitting 354 as a club. Joe Johnson has six home runs and 30 RBIs. Uh, Lucas Bixby's been getting it done on the mound, 307 ERA. Uh, Justin Graves, ERA is not what it was last year, but he's striking out a lot of batters. He's missing a lot of bats this season. Vanguard, just probably the most talented team in the conference. Really impressed by Westmont. They've came on and played incredibly well. They're pitching incredibly well. I mean, you see what they're doing with Brian Peck. I mean, I think every weekend their frontline guys are getting it done. They're one of the better pitching teams in the NAIA. So I would look out for Westmont too. Arizona Christian's playing well. I think Arizona Christian's a team that, you know, they were picked like seventh uh, in the preseason. We couldn't believe that. I definitely think they're going to finish higher than that. But uh, I like Vanguard. I just think they're the most talented team in the conference. 100% agree with you there. The GPAC, I had gone back and forth on this one. Uh, I made a last-second change to my second team. The first one stayed the same. It's Concordia, Nebraska. I think that they're super talented. They return a lot of the bats in the lineup. And uh, I've heard some good things about the pitching. Obviously, maybe not the start that uh, they, they would have wanted there. 5-2-1 and one's kind of a, a crazy record. But they are the team that I think, when it comes to the GPAC, is going to win that conference. The second team out of that conference I've got is Midland. They are having a really good start to the year, 7-1. and one, And I think if they can continue that trend upwards, 
where they're they're having a good start to the year. They continue to play good baseball, continue to stay healthy. I think they could be the second team out of the G Pack. Yeah, Midland's off to a really good start. Went out in Arizona, played really well. I really impressed with them. I'm sticking with the two teams we thought early in the year, Concordia and Dome. Uh, I just think Concordia is the best team in the conference. Jaden Adams is hitting 448. He's having a repeat of an incredible freshman season. Keaton Kander already has five extra base hits. He's hitting 393. Uh, I just like Concordia. I mean, their team ERA is 379. They're hitting at 330 as a team. Uh, they're going to go in and win a lot of conference games. And I think that they're going to get a bid. That's for Dome. They haven't even had their best player yet. Lucas White hasn't played at all this season. An all United ball player. He's going to be back, and he's going to do really good things for them. He's a special player. Uh, you look at Joe Osborne, 424, six doubles, five home runs. I mean, he is just clutching up right now without Lucas White. And then Julian Vargas on the mound, 154 ERA, two starts. Already got 12 punch outs. I think Dome and Concordia were the best two teams last year. I think they're the best two teams this year. I had Doan. I switched it out at the last second for Midland, so it would not surprise me if Doan can get that G-Pack spot as well. The heart of America, the HAAC. Cody, I think the easy one here is Central Methodist, currently 12-2. and uh, I will say I've seen them in person. They are not the same team that they were last year. They are not. Uh, the, the starting pitching is doing well right now, but it's not as deep. And then on top of that, the, the lineup's not the same. They're not the same bangers that they had. But Robbie Merced is absolutely talented. I think he's a he's a real candidate, not just for the all-NAI ball team. No. He, he's a really possible candidate for player of the year at this moment. I'm, I'm willing to say that. He is really talented, makes the routine play smooth at his position, and hits the ball well. But... I am sticking as well with the team that at the beginning of the season I thought would be the number two team in that conference, and that's Mid-American Nazarene. They're currently six and seven, but they're still the team that I expect to be that second spot competing with Central Methodist this year to go to the tournament. Yeah, I like you. I'm all in on Central Methodist. I mean, you have one of the best pitchers, if not the best pitcher in the country in Merkel. Absolute dude. Already got 33 punch outs in 24 innings. Robbie Merced, I can't agree more. I mean, he's one of the players to watch out for player of the year. He's going to be in the race all season long. My second team is going to be a team that's probably not on a lot of people's radar, but William Penn. Give me William Penn. Soren Graverson might be the best player in the conference outside of a guy named Robbie Merced. Already hitting 300 this year. Got two home runs. Fantastic career for them at William Penn. Tim Jeans hitting 382 with six doubles. Give me William Penn to add a left field, steal a bid. I think they're going to play well in the tournament, and they're going to be – going to the opening round this year. I really like that. I really, really like that, Cody. I I love that pick of William Penn. I think that's a really good one. I think that's really interesting. Uh, I think in the heart, there's there's a lot of teams to watch, and I think that, that every year there's a team that just kind of jumps up and surprises us, so it will be interesting to see what happens. Another conference where a lot of different things can happen is the KCAC Oklahoma Wesleyan currently 14 and four. They did drop a game today to friends. Uh, but Oklahoma Wesleyan is the team that I will take out of the KCAC in the second team. There's like four different teams you can go with this. I went with Tabor, Cody, who who actually ended up uh I want to say losing to McPherson today. I'm I'm gonna actually double check that uh right now while we're on the show. Uh, yeah, McPherson beat Tabor today. I'm going to stick with Tabor, uh, but I thought McPherson, I thought Ottawa as well. 
this the KCAC has gotten a lot better, and we are going to see some really competitive in-conference baseball out of them. Yeah, it's one of the deeper conferences in the country. Like you said, I think it reminds me of the AAC, where it's five or six teams, maybe, like I said, maybe deep as six teams, that can, especially when you factor in tournament baseball. Uh, my second pick is Ottawa. Uh, that's a team that snuck last year in the conference tournament, won the conference tournament, went to the opening round. This year, they're hitting 342 as a team with a 3-5 ERA. Holland Bowen, 500 average, six home runs, 18 RBIs, only done in like 10 or 11 games. Really impressed with Holland Bowen. He had a big postseason last year, hit a home run in the opening round against Loyola. Uh, really impressed with him. Steven Norrell, a dude that's absolutely smoked you in MLB The Show. 106 ERA, 17 innings, 24 strikeouts. Uh, I'm a big fan of Ottawa this year. Oklahoma Wesleyan, you don't remember that at all? I don't remember that. Never happened. Steven will tell you it never happened as well. I hope you didn't get no hit. I don't think you did, but I don't know. (laughs) I hope not. (laughs) No, I don't think you did, but it was ugly. Oklahoma Wesleyan's my pick to win the conference again. Cody Muncy's hitting 407, six extra base hits. He's already been walked 16 times this season. Fear Muncy, I don't blame you. I wouldn't pitch to him either. Uh, Kellen Brothers has been a legit arm for them. They look like looks like one of the better pitchers they've had, obviously, with Crosby last year. 29 innings pitched, 283 ERA, 40 punch outs in 29 innings. Kellen Brothers has been really good. They have a five ERA, but if Kellen keeps going out there looking like an ace, they're going to score enough runs to win the conference. In all fairness, I do remember Steven Durrell absolutely beating the tar out of me in MLB The Show. We don't talk about it. We don't like to bring it up. Thanks, Cody. Uh, the Mid-South, Cody, I, I feel is pretty straightforward. I want to say that it's Cumberland's and Freed Hardeman, and those are the two teams I'm going to roll with. Yeah, I'm going with Cumberland's to win the conference. Carlos Muniz, the catcher, check this out. 31, dude, he's for, a 46, dude. 31 for 46 at the plate. He's hitting 674 through 46 at-bats, 31 hits and 46 at-bats. That's absolutely wild. He has seven home runs. This dude ain't a singles hitter either. Seven home runs. He's third nationally. Got 21 RBIs. One of the crazier stat lines I've ever seen in a month in the season. I mean, to be hitting 674 through that many at-bats. Uh, Thomas Gutierrez, NAI recognized as an All-American. 185 ERA in 24 innings. Uh, I think Cumberland's a little shaky early. Probably wasn't playing their best baseball early. But I think they're figuring it out. And I think that they're going to be the best team in the Mid-South. My second team is also Freed Hardeman. Will McCall, absolute dude for them. 10 extra base hits already on the season, 458 average, 12 RBIs. He's been incredible. Tyler Duskin on the mound, 25 innings, 072 ERA. Tyler Duskin has been elite. So I like Freed Hardeman this year. They're playing much better like I thought they would. They're way healthier than they were last year. I like Freed Hardeman to go to the opening round. I think for the next conference as well, it's pretty straightforward. The North Star, Bellevue. Yes, sir. I'm rolling with the Bruins, hitting 337 as a team. Alec Ackerman, 472 average, 10 extra base hits, been elite. Elijah Johnson on the mound, 23 innings, 274 ERA. Yeah, give me Bellevue to win the North Star, and that's a lot of years running, I want to say, so they're playing really well. I had a last-second change in the Red River, uh, but I'm going to LSU Shreveport, and I've said it time and time and time again. I think they're the best team in the conference. My second team is going to be Louisiana Christian. Uh, I know they lost to Loyola today, and and that's a non-conference matchup, but they did lose 6-4. I just think Louisiana Christian is going to be the team destined for that second spot. Now, I don't know if they're eligible is the issue. We stole my thunder there because those are my two teams as well. Uh, LSU Shreveport, by far, to me, is the best team in the conference. They're looking like a team that's going to Lewiston. I mean, seriously, on the mound, Bobby Bath. 167 ERA in 27 innings. Kevin Miranda, 135 ERA in 26. Kevin Miranda's punched out 48 in 26 innings. He's been sensational. Bobby Bath is a true Friday night guy. 
who's been getting it done since his time in Juco. And then Zion Avery, 391, hitting four home runs already, 21 driven in. Uh, I really like Shreveport this year. They're starting to hit. They struggled to hit a little bit early. They were pitching really well. Now they're pitching really well. They're hitting really well. They just swept Our Lady of the Lake. Uh, they're going to do big things this year. My second team is Louisiana Christian. Uh, this is not your mama's D3. You know what I mean? Coming in, Keelan Johnson. Keelan Johnson is hitting 532 through over 50 at best. 532 average, 16 extra base hits, 14 RBIs. Uh, he has been sensational. He leads the country in doubles. He has 12 doubles already. It's like, my goodness, dude. I mean, he has been really good. And then Brooks Southall on the mound. Brooks Southall, 169 ERA and 21 innings pitched. Really impressed with their series win over LSUA. And then Jarvis, not the best team in the conference, obviously, but to come out there and just blow them away. I mean, put them away three straight games. All of them are beatdowns. Really impressed with Louisiana Christian. Cody, if, if Louisiana Christian, for some reason, because, you know, uh, the transition is not eligible, is there another team that you would pick in that, in that conference? Oh, man, then you're – I think it's a battle between three teams, obviously, with Texarkana, Our Lady of the Lake, and – LSUA, uh, tournament baseball, and who's going to be hot? Give me Our Lady of the Lake. Yeah, I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's, it's, it's going to be tournament baseball and, you know, who's got that experience. So it'll definitely be interesting to see there. The River States, I think you and I came into the season feeling really confident about IU Southeast. I have not wavered from that. That's my pick. What about you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be IUS. Uh, they lost one conference game last year, folks. They were like 26 and one. They are absolutely going to get it done again. They were exactly 26 and one. Bernie Tanksley this year, what a dude, man. Four home runs already. Really awesome. good catcher for the Grenadiers. 10 RBIs. Hunter Plucky, 19 innings pitch. Has a 4 2 ERA, but he's played really good teams. That's going to straighten out. Uh, I just like IUS. The Sooner Athletic Conference, I think, for the last couple of years has been a two-team race. You can mix Texas Wesleyan into that every now and then. But I think this year, Oklahoma City has been super impressive. I want to talk about cross-factor right now. Um, he does not have over 50 at-bats yet. Not a lot of people you know, early on in the season do. He did miss a couple games. But the dude's hitting well over 500. He had a home run today against Central Baptist that put his team – in to winning position, a game-winning home run in the top of the ninth to basically give them the win. The pitching went out there, got it done in the last part. Cross-factor is absolutely incredible. Well over 500, eight home runs on the year. He had a home run in every game of this series over the last two days. Uh, you know, he's not a huge RBI guy. But he he's going to bring in some runs. He had two RBIs today, one RBI in the other two games. Scores multiple runs for his team. Is on base multiple times. Has several multi-hit games and has a hit in every single game he's played this season. Cross Factor is a name that you need to know. And he's a guy that is just an absolute hitting machine. He's a, he's just He's La Machina. He's a machine. He gets it done. So I'm going to roll with OCU as my pick in the Sooner Athletic. Yeah, I'm picking Oklahoma City as well. I mean, Cross Factor, you know, Oklahoma State transfer, uh, has a sister that's really good at softball, just an athletic family. He's been sensational. He's hitting 523, has seven home runs. He said only 15 RBIs. He's hitting a lot of solo shots, unfortunately. But uh, 523 average, he's been really, really good. And the reason I'm really high on Oklahoma City is they're pitching well. 3-5-1 ERA, really good stuff for the Stars. Eli Davis, Kansas transfer. 13 innings pitch, one earned run, 23 punch outs. 
Uh, really good stuff. Tanner Schoenger, 19-inch pitch, 2-2-8 ERA, 17 strikeouts. But with Oklahoma City, if they're going to have a 3.5 team ERA, that's a team that could go to Lewiston. I mean, they're always going to hit. They're always going to have these D1 transfers. I mean, look at the two kids just mentioned right there, a kid from two Big 12 talents. I mean, they're just they're going to have D1 kids. They're going to have a lot of talent. And if they can pitch well, they're probably going to go to Lewiston. I, and that was the thing we talked about at the beginning of the season was how would Oklahoma City's pitching react, and they have reacted really well. I think today was one of their uh, lower-end pitching performances, and they absolutely handled themselves and uh, did really well. The offense was able to pull it through. They scored six runs in the last two innings when they only had six outs to give and had a big comeback it, you know, with a final score of 11 12 11 so a huge win for them factor hitting a two-run home run in the top half of the ninth and uh that was actually a really good game cody that that game came down between central baptist and ocu uh with bottom of the ninth two outs and a runner on for central baptist a fly out to the wall to end it uh and you know it definitely looked like it had a really good opportunity to get out of the ballpark at the wall the ball was caught really good ball game between those two teams. Let's talk about the Southern States. Cody, I have actually been, uh, this is, in my opinion, it's been a top-heavy conference the last couple of years. And this year, it seems like it's kind of all over the place. William Carey has a good record, but how much have they tested themselves has yet to be seen. Uh, Faulkner's not having a Faulkner year to their expectations. Loyola at nine and you know, 10 and nine right now is not having the year that we thought that they would have. We thought they might be, you know, 15 and four, something like that. We the same thing what we thought with Faulkner, not having the years that we thought they would. But for the two teams out of the southern states, I'm still gonna take Loyola. I'm still gonna take Faulkner. Yeah, I think we're both really surprised Faulkner and Loyola showing this year. My two teams are going to be Faulkner and William Carey. Uh, Loyola was a team I was super high on. But, man, like coming off a sweep against Lyon, maybe it's a sweep, I don't know. Right now they're not scoring enough runs offensively. I'm going to go with William Carey because one of these teams is going to have to come from a tournament baseball. William Carey won the tournament last year. Arte Stinson's hitting over 500. He has four home runs. Uh, they have two really good pitchers. Their ERA sub three. That's why I'm going to go with them. I really like their pitching. They had some big-time pitching performances in the tournament last year. Chris Williams has a 157 ERA in 23 innings. Jorge Ramos has 25 innings pitch and a 249 ERA. I think they're going to get it done with pitching. Faulkner's my team that I think is going to win the regular season. I think they will eventually figure it out. Sean Ross, shortstop, hitting 306 with six extra base hits. Uli Sosa's already punched out 17 and 10 innings. Loyola and Faulkner play each other this weekend. It's going to be a really telling series, I think, in the Southern States. For the TSC, Cody, Southeastern? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the best team in the nation. I'm going with yep. Southeastern. Uh, Gary yeah, Laura, 500 yeah. average, nine home runs. Rob Adams, 30 innings pitch, one run. I think they arguably have the best hitter and best pitcher in the nation, too. Uh, you can make the case. So I was like, yeah, I think they're my pick to click. Still safe about I, that one. I do feel good about that. <laughs> I do, too. Um, I think St. Thomas, you know, we, we definitely liked what they did in the tournament style uh, games. And then they come home and they lose like three of their last four before playing Thomas. And it was really, really hard for them. I mean, they're even going to go into that game against Ave down late in the game. So we don't know what to expect from them. But, and then at the same time, 
what is Kaiser? Because Kaiser looks like one weekend they're like, oh, and then the ne- and then they play a midweek against St. Thomas, and you're like, okay, all right, maybe they're figuring it out. And then they drop us, you know, they well, they should have dropped a series to Ave Maria. They won the series, uh, lost a game for the first time since 2019 against Ave Maria. You know, I really don't know what to make of Kaiser yet either. I don't know what to make of Weber International. We thought Weber International was going to be a, a team that was really, really uh, needed to keep an eye on, and then they drop a game to Roosevelt. You know, that's that's one of those things that's just kind of a head-scratcher. And so I think, you know, Southeastern has played a good schedule. They've played some good teams. Uh, but then they win the games they're supposed to, and they get that job done. So I'm, I'm going to roll with Southeastern in the TSC. In the Wolverine Hoosier Athletic Conference, Cody, I've got Uno, Northwestern Ohio, played some really tough games with Georgia Gwinnett, who's, of course, number one in the coaches' poll this weekend. In the second team, I think they're hungry. I think they want, uh, you know, to make the postseason and not go to, you know, that other postseason tournament. I think they want the NAI postseason tournament. Concordia and Arbor is going to be the team that I'm taking out of the whack as well. Who do you have? Yeah, I'm rolling with Indiana Tech. I still think they're the best program in the conference. So many teams have not played enough games yet in the conference, so I am rolling with program pedigree. And I think Indiana Tech will get it straightened out. They swept a doubleheader over Kokomo, who Kokomo took a win off Freeport. Uh, they split with Indiana Wesleyan. I just I think they're going to be okay. Uh, they're hitting 317 as a team. Their ERA right now is over seven. Obviously, that's horrendous. They got to get that down. But I think Indiana Tech. This is a program that went to Lewiston in 2019. And last year was a game away. They came back in a winner-take-all against Oklahoma Wesleyan. Uh, they didn't get it done, but they were a game away from Lewiston. So just give me Indiana Tech. For the second team, man, it's, a, you know, obviously it's going to be Ann Arbor, Madonna, or Northwestern Ohio. Uh, take your pick. I think either way I'm going to go with Uno. Gotti Rivera is hitting 438 with five extra base hits. Uh, I like what Jake Carlson did against Gwinnett on the road. Uh, he's 3-1 and one this year with 27 punch-outs and 28 innings. Uh, so give me Uno. I don't have a lot of conviction in this conference at all because – Look at last year, it came down to some ridiculous math formula that mean you had never heard of to decide who made the tournament. It's really ridiculous. So I have no clue, but I'm going to go with Indiana Tech. And I think it's fair to be transparent and tell the people, like, look, I don't have a clue who's going to win this conference this year. Last year, it really went down to some math formula and where Indiana Tech got the nod and Arbor thought they should have got the nod. But give me Indiana Tech and give me Uno. Yeah, uh, I think we have not seen enough from the WAC yet. Understandably, being so far up north, it's it's harder for them to play games, get down to the south, uh, even out into the Midwest to to play ball games. So we have not seen a lot from the teams in that area of the world in that conference. Uh, I definitely think it, it's anybody's guess at this point as well. The NAI ball hitter, pitcher, and team of the month. Cody, you talked about him earlier, our NAI ball hitter of the month entering today after the start of the season and all of February is Gary Laura from Southeastern University. He had a 500 average, 30 hits, four doubles, nine home runs, 26 RBIs, a 541 OBP and an OPS of 1.557. That's on base percentage plus slugging. What a job there from Gary Laura. He, Cody, he is another guy that's going to be hit player of the year, Lou Brock Award potential. 
there for Southeastern. Our pitcher of the month representing Hope International University, and this is the one that you and I went back and forth on the most, is going to be Hector Garcia out of HIU. 4-0 through 27 and a third innings pitch, 52 strikeouts, a 17.12K per nine a .99 ERA, two complete games, and a 19-strikeout game. Just absolutely incredible performance from Hector Garcia at, from the beginning of the season to the end of February. And then our team of the month is Bluefield. 13-0, now 14-0, best start in school history. What a job for Bluefield. Cody, what do you think of Gary Laura from Southeastern? Hector Garcia from Hope International in Bluefield as our hitter, pitcher, and team of the month. Yeah, I think for both of us, Gary Laura was the pretty clear-cut pick for this. Easy. I mean, he's yeah played 18 games this season, had a hit in all 18. So he's got an 18-game hitting streak, leads the nation in home runs, top five in RBIs, total bases, and batting average. I mean, over 60 at-bats, he's hitting 500. The guy has been incredible. He was a player that hit really well in Juco this Really wasn't a surprise to Dinkle and them when they brought him in. They knew he was going to be really good, and he's delivered. I mean, he is putting up monster numbers. He's a guy that I think I could hit 20 home runs for them. I mean, he's really good. He's seeing the ball really well. He doesn't strike out a lot. Can't say enough about Gary Laura. Hector Garcia, 52 punch outs in 27 innings. I mean, that's two punch outs away from two an inning. I mean, as a starting pitcher, you're punching out two an inning. That is incredible. He's already had two conference starts. In his conference starts, he struck out 19 in one game and 14 in the next. He hasn't given up an earned run in either one. He's been absolutely elite. He pitched against LC State to begin the year when LC State was just thumping people, and he shut him out through five innings, struck out seven, didn't give up a run, two hit him, uh, got a no decision in that game, pitched against Ben Mesa. Uh, he's pitching against some really good teams. The two starts in conference already for him to go out there and do what you did. And, yeah, you can argue they were the bottom teams in the conference. But what do you do to him? You strike out 19 of 21. There's not much more you can do. I, I don't he care who you are. That's yeah. that's ridiculously hard. Yeah, we didn't get to even talk about that because the last week, 19 of 21, he punched out. I mean, this literally, we've never seen that before. That is absolutely insane. And he had a streak of 17 straight strikeouts. He punched out 17 in a row after the first out of the game. I mean, just literally insane. So uh, shout out to Hector Garcia, very deserving. And then for Bluefield, I think Bluefield was incredibly deserving. We, I told you earlier, I had a coach message me. He was like, what was your thoughts on picking Bluefield? It's like, you can come out here and you can name Southeastern, who's 19-0 now, team of the month, every single month. I mean, they're – but that's what I kind of come to expect from Southeastern. Southeastern is a program that you, if I would have told – you would have told me they were 19-0, I would have gone, okay, I believe it. Two years ago, they went 26-0 before COVID stopped everything. I mean, it's not that unheard of. They're the – they probably recruit better than anyone. Maybe Billy Berry, Tennessee Wesleyan, that's one of the – most talented teams in the nation every single year. But for Bluefield to have their best start in program history, to be 13-0, to be a Milligan team that's already won 16 games, uh, to come out here and sweep Montreal on the road, find a way against one of the best pitchers in the country the other day. They almost they got one hit through nine innings, but found a way to win one nothing uh, just to keep this thing rolling. Man, I'm, I think they're incredibly deserving. Uh, I think it's put a shock around a lot of people. I mean, you see some of the stuff they were quote-tweeting us about shocking the nation, and they did. And like you said earlier, man, how do you get talked about on this show? You win. That's all you got to do, baby. Just win. Al Davis said it best for the Raiders. And uh, Bluefield's winning, and they deserve this award. 100% agree with you. Bluefield uh, definitely is deserving of this award. I know um, one of one of the things that's, that's tough, Cody, about what you and I do is, you know, 
we don't do the show like the 11.7 guys or the D1 baseball guys. Like we are not critical like them. Can you imagine if we were with the amount of people who are in our inboxes and in our mentions that are like, well, look at me where I know we just got swept, but we're this, you know, like, why aren't we getting the praise? Can you imagine if we were allowed to have free range without alienating our audience? Yes, that's the thing. If we went foul pole sports on y'all, it would alienate a good bunch of people. I agree. We're not critical at all. Like I, I've told you, I was listening to the D1 podcast, and that's with Kendall Rogers and all them. And, you know, they're incredibly critical. And I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I mean, you no. put on ESPN on Saturday night and you watch College Football Live. I mean, just check out how they're talking about people. I mean, we, we do kind of baby a lot of this. And I think I've been more opinionated over the years. I think you are, too. Yeah. And uh, we kind of do baby a lot of these things. Like calling out Texas College, it needs to be called out. Like I don't like just I have nothing. I've never had an issue with it. Um, I don't. I don't think we need to baby topics. I really don't. We're talking about eighteen to twenty-two year old men. Uh, our audiences pertain to college baseball, not high school baseball, not little league baseball. Like if you're listening to us, you're listening about people that are older than eighteen. I think that they can handle these kind of things. And you know, we're never disrespectful to kids. We'll never disrespect a kid. And quite frankly, through our time here, we don't let people disrespect any eye kids on our watch. None. See something we'll call it out. None. Yeah, so like, we, no one supports any eye people more than us. Look at the right. praise we, which we should find time today at some point to talk about Josh Sears going over to Division One. We're his biggest fans, man. Come over here. Yep. Shout out to Josh Sears, a two-time NAI All-American, goes D1 and gets a Conference Player of the Week in the Conference USA. Hit a couple of home runs. Just really good stuff for him. But yeah, I mean, we're NAI's biggest advocates, and we're not trying to put anybody down. We are. Uh, talking about Josh Sears, we are. I, I texted him how proud we are of him. You know, um, at the end of the day, do we want you to stay in the NAI? Yes. If there is an opportunity for you to go and do something, go somewhere that is, you know, where you're going to do great things as well, go for it. We will support you. We've got your back. At the same time, nobody is going to protect you and go to battle for you like we are. And we went through that, you know, last week you saw just how we got on both Cody and myself. Um, you know, when it, when it came to uh, Instagram comments and things like that is where we'll say, that's what we'll say. So, you know, we, we this is our level. We're an AI guys, you know, we're not going to let anybody put you down. We're not going to let anybody make you feel less than because those people are out there. You're going to one day, if you want to work in baseball at a, at a bigger level, you're going to go one day to an interview and that's going to be people from big time universities. And you're going to have to explain every single time where your college is. And they're going to, you know, you're just as good as far as, as who you are as an individual, what you represent and who you become. And in ways you're tougher. I saw somebody from Baseball America today say that, oh, shout out to the kids who got off their flight and went to class, went to their 8 a.m. It's like your flight. I've been on a plane one time in my NAI career. That was to go to Lewiston and come back from Lewiston. Your flight. Take a bus ride out from Dallas to Hobbs, America. Stop in Big Spring to eat. Go to the local Walmart so you can grab a gallon of water and some pretzels. The, you don't have the frills. My, my sister was a Division One athlete, a Division One fencer. 
they would go to San Francisco and New York City and South Bend for their tournaments and eat at fancy steakhouses and things like that. We didn't have that at Northwood. Don't get me wrong. Jeremy Kennedy and Robert Garza took very good care of us. But we weren't eating at steakhouses unless we were going to Lewiston. Because you're a grinder. You didn't sign up at this level to be babied. You signed up here because you want to keep the dream going a little bit longer. You want to keep chasing that dream just a little bit longer. So we are are huge fans of y'all's. And um, we have been a little bit more critical over the years. And Cody, I hope we continue in that trend as well. Amen, brother. We're definitely going to try to. I mean, we're going to bring it. We're going to tell the truth. We're going to be respectful, but we're not going to baby 18 to 22 year olds. Let's keep it rolling here with our weekend games and series to watch. And let's start things out with this, Cody. It is Point versus Bluefield. That's going to be a big one. Freed Hardeman versus Cumberland's Our Lady of the Lake versus uh, Texarkana. Huntington versus St. Francis. Wayland Baptist takes on OCU. Ottawa, Oklahoma Wesleyan. Westmont versus William Jessup. Loyola versus Faulkner. Ottawa, Arizona versus Vanguard. Milligan, Tennessee Wesleyan. Taylor versus Marion. Concordia and Arbor versus Olivet Nazarene. Science and Arts takes on Southwestern Christian and Uno versus IUS. Cody, normally here is where I would tell you what stands out most to you, but we've already chosen those for the audience and we are going to talk about them in just a minute. So I'm going to go ahead and carry us here to our big series of the week brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. Off Speed Athletics, the official title sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast is bringing you the big series of the week for the rest of the year. Don't forget to support the people who support us. That's Offspeed Athletics at Offspeed ATH for both Twitter and Instagram and OffSpeedAthletics.com. Bellevue versus St. Thomas in Miami Gardens. It is a Sunday-Monday series. That is our big series of the week. But Bellevue, 8-3, and three, 337 team average and a four-team ERA. Alec Ackerman hitting 472 with 17 hits, 10 extra base hits, four home runs, 11 RBIs. Elijah Johnson, the pitcher, with a 274 ERA and a 2-1 and one record. One complete game from him, 23 innings pitch, 33 strikeouts, and 12.91K per nine. For St. Thomas, 11-3, and 4-1 in Sun Conference play with one game still pending. 275 team average, 374 team ERA. Ezekiel Valdez, 418 average, five home runs, 14 RBIs. The pitching, Gio Soto, 3 0, four games started, 221 ERA, 20 and a third innings pitch, 26 strikeouts. Cody, this is going to be a really good big series of the week. Absolutely looking forward to it. Love when teams out of conference challenge themselves against some of the other better teams in the nation. Uh, these teams have met, this is their fourth year in a row meeting. Uh, they played a single game at the, I believe you said, the Warner Invite in Lake Wells, Florida. They played three years in a row. Bellevue won the first game in 2019. Uh, 2020, St. Thomas won. 2021, St. Thomas won. This time we get a full three-game series. Really looking forward to it. You got who we predict to be the North Star champ in Bellevue. We have St. Thomas, who we believe is the number two team in the Sun Conference, which is also a top 10 team in the nation. Uh, really big matchup. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I think it's an incredible test for Bellevue and St. Thomas, I think that we get to find out where Bellevue is. I think it's a really good indicator for that. 
And we can find out at St. Thomas is going to be the team from the Rumble, or are they going to be the team that kind of struggled with like an Aubrey Maria? Uh, I think it's a really, really good matchup. I think it's the best matchup of the week. It is going to be a huge matchup, and it is the best matchup of the week. That is why it is our big series of the week, brought to you by Off Speed Athletics. Cody, before we go, quick pick. The way we're going to do this is we're going to tell you the series. I will make my selection. I will tell you Connor's selection. And then, Cody, we're going to let you make yours. So let's go ahead and do this. We have six series to go over. Quick pick here, the first one, Freed Hardeman versus Cumberland's. Cody, I'm taking Cumberland's. Connor is taking Cumberland's. Who are you rolling with? And I'm taking Cumberland's. I'm taking Cumberland's. I think Freed Hardeman has played extremely well. Uh, they played really good early in the season, but I'm going with Cumberland's. I came into this season thinking Cumberland's is a top 10 team. I'm not wavering from that. Ottawa versus Oklahoma Wesleyan. I'm taking Oklahoma Wesleyan. Connor's taking Ottawa. Cody, you're taking? Oklahoma Wesleyan. These are my top two teams in the KCAC, though. Ottawa's pitching really well early on. Uh, would not surprise me either way, but give me Oklahoma Wesleyan. Loyola versus Faulkner. Connor has Loyola. Cody, you know I don't pick against Loyola because of loyalty. Uh, just, you know, that's my coach. Who are you taking? I'm taking Faulkner. I just think they'll outscore him. Uh, Ulysses Sosa, JC Toro on the mound. I think they'll get it done. Give me Faulkner. Milligan having a great year. They take on Tennessee Wesleyan. I took TWU. Connor took TWU. And you are? Taking TWU, but man, I'm really looking forward to the series. Milligan, Andre Beal, like you said earlier in the year, has been sensational. Uh, second in the country with 49 strikeouts. Really, really good against everyone he's playing. Looking forward to seeing him against Tennessee Wesleyan. USAO, Southwestern Christian. Connor's got USAO. I have USAO. Who's your pick, Cody? Give me Southwestern Christian for the upset. I got Whoa, the Eagles. Go ahead, yeah. CU. Southwestern Christian there for Cody Bellevue versus St. Thomas in the big series of week brought to you by off speed athletics, Cody, both Connor and I have taken St. Thomas. Who do you want? I'm thinking St. Thomas. I think it's going to be a really competitive series though. I think it's going to be one, one going into that rubber match. Well, there you have it. All of our quick picks. This is something new that we will be doing every single week between Cody, Connor, and myself. That'll do it for us this week, folks. Thank you for, you know, listening to episode five of the NAI ball podcast brought to you by offbeat athletics, Cody, man. Thank you. I know my voice, not the same this week, a lot more, uh, probably editing. That's not going to make the show, but work for you. I appreciate all that you do here and, and definitely allowing me to, uh, try to rest and recover. I promise hopefully by next week, voice back to hundred percent outside of allergies. And we're going to definitely get, get after this man, but thank you to everybody at home. We have reached a huge pinnacle, over 25,000 downloads of the NAI Ball podcast. I'm so thankful to all y'all who listen on a regular basis. Cody, man, any final thoughts before we get out of here? I think you said it all, my man. Uh, looking forward to these series this week. I like our little quick pick section. I'm looking forward to this weekend, man. 100% looking forward to it. Folks, that'll do it for us this week. This is Season 5, Episode 5 of the NAI Ball podcast. We will talk to you all again next week. Until then, have a great day. 